1: Today, I am delighted to be joined by Chanel Club and David Marmain, who lead the insurance practice at our podcast sponsors, RSM North America. And it's great to have them join the show today. Welcome to the show, guys.
0: Thank you for having us, Nick.
1: Pleasure. Great to have you both, David and Chanel. Really looking forward to hearing more about some of the great work that you're doing there at RSM. Before we get into that, though, would you mind sharing with our listeners a bit about your own personal backgrounds and the roles that you have there? at RSM, what you do for the insurance practice.
0: Sure. I'm happy to kick that off. You know, I started my career as being a technologist. So I have a computer science degree. And so I started off building programs, right? Literally in the back room, as you think about it, (laughs) Uh, by yourself in isolation and compiling code. That's how I started my career. But I quickly wanted to morph from being a more technologist to being closer to the business. So I changed my career path from being a developer to actually helping develop the requirements to support the technology. So I quickly transformed from being, like I said, super technical to being much more, I will call it strategic in nature and trying to really help the business transform and using technology to enable that. And so what I found was I was often placed in the middle between technology and business. And so I could translate either way, which I think worked really well and bode for well for my success given my role today. So being started with a technologist, spent majority of my time in consulting. I did have a little stint in industry and um, now today I'm a principal at RSM based out of Chicago and I lead our national insurance practice. And so I have, unlike many, have spent majority of my career in insurance and I have, like many, fell into insurance by accident. So most people will tell you they didn't, you know, go to college and say, oh, I want this career in insurance. No, no. What happened was I fell into it predominantly like right out of college. I started off in banking and then... I had the opportunity to help the insurance clients. And ever since then, I've just kind of been an insurance expert.
1: Going from coding and developing to heading up the insurance practice for North America RSN sounds like a very big jump and a very big gap. But it sounds like actually there was was actually a, a fairly smooth journey and there was lots of transitions along the way. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously I didn't take you through my, you know, 25 plus year steps that I've taken to get myself here today, but it was smooth, right? Because of all the transformation that's happening in the industry. And I don't want to date myself and age myself, but I could say that I started coding in Fortran and COBOL, which should tell you a little something. What the young individuals are coding in today, I have no knowledge of. Okay. That didn't exist when I was in college, but It did lend itself to having been able to take steps in leading large transformation projects, also helping develop strategic initiatives for larger organizations, PNC carriers, life and annuity carriers. And so that has then positioned me well to be in the seat that I'm in today.
1: Amazing. Amazing.
2: Thank you so much. David. Sure. I'll give you a little bit of my background. David Maman, I'm a consulting principal in our insurance practice based out of Montreal. My background's not that dissimilar to Chanel's from the perspective of I came from a very technical background. I'm a classically trained actuary in the PNC space. I have seen every facet of the insurance business, whether working at a large global insurance and reinsurance broker, a carrier, and ascending into leadership roles within their actuarial functions, and now as an advisor to the insurance industry. And I've seen myself, but not just my role, but the role of the actuary transform over the last several years and decades into more of that strategic advisor that can touch and speak to different aspects of the insurance business. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer enough for an actuary to just sit in the business and, and crunch the numbers, develop a reserve, develop a price. They've really transformed and, and have begun that transformation into business advisors. And how does that touch into the technology processes, the people, and a whole bunch of different aspects of the insurance business that that truly need that, that strategic advisor? And so I've been at the forefront, not just uh, at RSM, but within the actuarial communities more broadly to, to really reshape and rethink the role of the actuary. And that's that's what led me or has led me into this position awesome. in my career.
1: Awesome. Sounds like the dream team pairing someone with a very technology and transformation background and that very technical actuarial background, which I'm sure helps deliver and, and, and really helps as you consult. With those large insurance clients. We're in the insurance coffee house today. I'm here in London. Chanel's in New York. David, you're in Montreal. What's your go to coffee of choice in the morning?
0: Well, I'm on cup number two, and mine is an Americano with an extra shot to give me that jolt in the morning. And I, no sugar, no cream, just
1: straight blood. Great stuff.
2: My uh, my Canadian brethren are going to be very disappointed that I don't pull up a Tim Hortons cup right now but I am uh, I am an espresso fan deep deep rooted in my core ever since I did a euro trip about a decade ago fell in love with Italian coffee and and my go-to is an espresso I'm on yeah. my four, I'm on my fourth cup I think this morning no way.
1: No way. So we all, we all share a love for a strong black coffee, and we're we're certainly well on the way today so far. That's that's fantastic. Can I start off, guys? What are some of the products? Maybe what are some of the services that you provide to the insurance market? What are some of the locations that you work in? Maybe if you can give me an overview of the of the insurance practice that you have there at RSM.
0: So I can kick it off, and then David, I'm sure I'm going to forget something, so feel free to chime in. So RSM is the fifth largest accounting firm, right? So we're no different than the others that we offer audit, tax, and consulting services to the insurance industry. We are a global organization, so when you look at where do we operate, we operate all over the world. We typically serve our insurance clients from a consulting side on everything from strategy to transaction advisory, so that's MA for those, you know, I'm careful about the jargon we use because I know not everybody knows all the acronyms here from management consulting to risk consulting to technology consulting, all the above, right? We're a full service firm that offer these capabilities and services to our clients, whether they're traditional PNC carriers, whether they're a reinsurer, whether they're life and annuity, whether they're a brokerage, we service the whole gamut from insurance from top to bottom. Did I forget anything, David?
2: No, the only thing I would add is not only do we serve the insurance industry, I'd say we tackle and go to market with an industry first approach at RSM. So when you're dealing with our insurance industry professionals, many of them come from prior industry roles and, and experiences that lend uh, tremendously well to our core client base. That's just one thing I would add.
1: Great. And what would some of the benefits be if there's an insure tech, an insurance business, uh, senior leaders listening to the podcast today? What are some of the benefits that you can provide to them as a business?
2: I think one of the aspects truly is, is our expertise and our people. The, the level of service, expertise, and quality of people that you can get at RSM is, is unmatched. And I truly believe that. We put our best and brightest on all our engagements and that, that allows us to, to deliver extraordinary value. And we are we are very much a group that has been there, done that before, either in industry or advising industry through long consulting careers. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of things go on. And and that expands not just into the upper market of the consulting space, but all the way down into the middle market and, and our core client base. So it's much broader than just a traditional compliance or consulting mm-hmm. offering. We see it really as advisory to help advance their business. Yeah.
0: And I would say, just to add to that, I think we offer holistic solutions. So we always go in looking and sitting in your seat from a business operation standpoint, and Mm -hmm. then we develop a solution. So whether that's actuarial with management consulting, I mean, we're never single-threaded. That's what I love about our organization, right? It's not, oh... It's a data and analytics project, or it's a actuarial project, or it's a strategic project. We make sure that we're bringing everybody to the table because at the end of the day, it's our job, at least I take it to heart, I know David takes it to heart, to improve your business. And if we're really going to be able to improve your business, that means we need to have multiple individuals at the table in order to do so. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And clearly there's opportunities for people like yourselves with a background in the insurance industry to develop their career and move into companies like RSM where they can consult, where they can use their expertise to really benefit multiple insurance businesses as to opposed to just the one that they operate in at the moment. So be interesting to explore that. If I may just go on to your sort of personal careers a little bit further, how did you sort of break into your first leadership position? How did you find that transition from? previous role which may have been more or technical either on the tech side of things or more on the actuarial side of things. So
0: I'm gonna say I didn't I wasn't methodical about like how do I get this next role. I Mm. just honestly, Nick, if I'm gonna be straightforward with you, I just put my head down and I worked really hard and I made sure that I built really good relationships along the way. Mm. Mm. That has then positioned me to be, I think, where I am today. And always keeping the client first. You never go wrong if you put the client first. So I think, you know, for my career, when I look at, you know, my role prior to the one that I have today, which I probably would say would be the, you know, previous leadership role that I had, I didn't set my sights on it. I didn't have a five-year plan that says, oh, I want to do this. I just really focused on the client, made sure we had excellent client delivery and then I built really great relationships with the senior executives on those accounts, as well as internally inside the organization. And I think that has positioned me to be where I'm at today. Yeah,
1: that's great to hear. Relationships, particularly in the insurance industry, particularly in this sector, so important. I do see that as a little bit of a challenge as we go forward now, where there's more virtual, more online for that next generation coming through to make those networking and and make those connections. But I think that's obviously been key. In your success, Chanel. What would you say has been the biggest achievement that you've had so far in your leadership career?
0: Developing others, hands down. Right. I do what I do because I love the people that I work with. I feel very fortunate to work with some extraordinary talent like David. I just I feel very fortunate to have great people surrounded by and working shoulder to shoulder with. I just in my success it's developing others and getting them to the place that they desire to be. So that would be my greatest achievement.
1: There speaks a a true leader. Absolutely. David, have you you got any examples or anything there that,
2: yeah, I can talk a little bit about my journey and, and sort of yeah. to complement what Chanel mentioned, obviously the insurance business being a massive relationship business. So I echo everything mm-hmm. that she mentioned. The one thing that's been key to my success when I look back is, is taking a lot of risks and tackling some of the biggest problems and biggest challenges, whether that's the largest brokerage account and the most complex client to deal with at the brokerage side, whether it's the most broken areas of my insurance carrier that I used to work at, and go in and try to fix them and ultimately improve them, to to whether it's taking some of the most complex consulting clients. And I think that's a that's a big reason why I I ended up at RSM and in a consulting role was not just the opportunity to build out an insurance practice that was relatively new to Canada when RSM came in in 2017, but it was it was tackling the hardest challenges and hardest problems. I mean, we we thrive on that. Insurance companies generally don't hire consultants for easy problems. They they hire us for the hard stuff. And that's what that's what really keeps me going and keeps me motivated and, and is a big reason why I think I've seen success at this firm.
1: That's I think that's so interesting, David. And clearly there you take on projects which are easier for you in your life and less headaches, but you tackle those really big things head on think sometimes as an industry because the industry as a whole obviously is quite risk averse i think sometimes that can come against our nature sometimes or certain people's nature sometimes so i think that's really interesting chanel would you have any examples of that taking that risk taking that big step that's really helped you in your career
0: I mean, sure. Where to start? So like David, right? I, you know, he's absolutely correct. You always have to position yourself to take on some of the biggest challenges Mm. um, because that's when really your value is seen, not just internally, but also externally. And that's Mm. kind of how you start to develop your brand. Mm. And so you're right. Whenever I have something super complex, I'm like, David, I need your help. Can you go lead it for me? Right? And he's always all in. He never says no. So I think that's a part of building the brand for yourself. So one of the biggest challenges I probably could think of is I took on a huge transformation, policy center transformation project that was literally disrupting the entire organization. And we're talking about one of the largest PNC carriers in the world, right? Right. And it was massive from the data component, from the agent component, from the underwriting piece through the how does it affect the claims piece and all the systems talking. So all the various different integrations that you had, along with transforming the organization of how they do business, how they write the product, what products are they going to move forward with. I mean, that for me was probably the most challenging Engagement that I had, and then I also had one, which I think I shared with you, that required me to live in London for two years, and that was a huge transformation project. That also talk about the cultural aspect, right, and talk about the nature of what we were doing was one of the first to get from a large claims transformation. So it, it was substantial and it was very complex, and you know, again. We had work going on in India, work going on in the US, the UK. I mean, it was a global transformation. And it was one of the first, like I said, one of the first largest. And it required a lot of thought and strategic in how we're gonna change the organization from a people side to actually help and enable the system to be very successful, enable it to do what it's supposed to do. Because as you mentioned, Nick, you know. The insurance space is not, you know, always jumping head first in for change, right? We're a little bit hesitant. And so when you're talking about a large transformation, you know, multi, multi-millions of dollars, right? It requires you to be be ready for risk and ready yeah. for change. Because yeah, it is absolutely. a risk.
1: Yeah, no, that's fantastic advice, guys. Thank you so much. That combination of, you know, number one at a core, working really hard. Building those relationships and taking on those opportunities and taking those risks, I think is fantastic advice. Brings us nicely onto the espresso round now where the questions are short, sharp, and straight to the point. So I know we all like our, our strong black coffee. I know Chanel and I have definitely got our coffee with us at the moment. David, you got one there? I've got one. I've got one. You got that one. as well? good man. So you ready for the espresso round? Fire let's, let's do it. Let's do it. The espresso round. Could I start off by asking, what do you see as the largest challenge ahead for insurance companies when attracting talent to their businesses?
2: I think one of the big challenges that they're going to face is embracing digital in their day-to-day processes and and really embracing innovation and entrepreneurial spirit. This this next generation is is wildly innovative and creative. Mm-hmm but at the same time wants to have a tremendous impact on the businesses Mm -hmm. that they're in. It's hard to have an impact if you're stuck in your old ways and stuck in your old business processes that are not technology enabled, that are not digital in nature. I think embracing digital is going to be one of the big challenges that insurance companies face, particularly in their Mm -hmm. business processes, to be able to attract the next wave of, or next generation, I should say, of talent. Yeah.
1: And in terms of individual businesses themselves insurance businesses maybe some of the companies that you work with what are they doing or what are you seeing those businesses doing internally while externally facing to attract more potential candidates to their organizations
2: i see a lot more innovation labs being set up and research and development departments being set up particularly around data analytics and predictive analytics predictive modeling in some of the larger carriers certainly they're trying to create that startup technology vibe particularly within some of their innovation teams. So that's definitely Mm -hmm. one aspect. I think a lot of them are also doubling down on culture of serving clients and and leaning in heavily into customer experience and how Mm -hmm. people can impact that customer experience side, leveraging and enabled by technology. I see a lot of business processes being transformed in that space as well. But Chanel, I'm not sure if you have anything to add there as well.
0: I I mean, I'm quiet when you're just hitting on all cylinders. Uh, Oh, good. There's nothing that I could disagree with or add to. I agree with you wholeheartedly.
1: Brilliant. And David, I mean, I'm sure lots of parts of the insurance market obviously see parts of insure tech as obviously a big, a big threat, but it's also a huge opportunity there, right? You know, a lot of these new generation of talent may well join those insure techs because of that technology aspect, and then eventually filter through into the insurance industry. Do you see that as a, an opportunity to talk about those innovation labs that insurance companies and some of those larger organizations are developing themselves do you think that's almost like a foot in the door that you know almost the way like Chanel did in her career almost end up falling into insurance via technology.
2: It can certainly be a foot in the door. There's obviously an incremental risk joining an insure tech business, just like any startup, rather than joining a a large, you know, founded legacy carrier. I'd say generally speaking, the lines are blurring a little bit there. I think carriers are partnering more effectively with insurance technology firms than they ever have in the past, allowing that sort of cross-collaboration, giving really strong talent inside carriers opportunities to collaborate with these tech startups. But generally speaking, I mean, that experience is going to be valuable. There's going to be more and more technology companies that are investing to innovate in the insurance Space. We're we're seeing that not just from from a tech startup standpoint, but we're seeing it in the private equity and venture capital space Mm -hmm. in terms of what's being funded in the insurance industry. And we have a a new PE fund every other day. It feels like at this point that approaches us with an investment thesis around insurance technology and how they're going to disrupt the insurance industry. It's a very large vertical of startups in the technology space, largely because the problems are very complex and very diverse. There's no one cookie cutter solution from a technology front that's going to answer and solve every insurance problem there's a vast array of lines of business and different challenges different distribution models different Mm -hmm. ways to operate that require technology solutions that are flexible that are diverse and that's Mm going to lead to a whole lot of opportunity in and continued opportunity in the insure tech space
0: I also think too, because it's a heavily regulated business, though it's also really important for the younger generation to understand the business. And so, whether you yeah. get that information or knowledge from the insure tech, or maybe spend a year or two at a larger carrier to really understand the foundations of how insurance works, I think that's going to be critical when you're thinking about the insure tech space yeah. and how to make them very successful.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. What would your advice be to? senior leaders, senior practitioners, industry experts who've maybe had a very successful career at an incumbent insurance company or at a large brokerage, but they're now seeing the opportunities at those techs, maybe opportunities, you know, chief underwriting officer opportunities, sort of heads of insurance opportunities at these startups saying, actually, I'd like to be involved in something like that. What would your advice be to someone who's maybe considering that switch at the moment?
0: I mean, so from my vantage point, one is it requires a different way of thinking. And so you have to be sure that you're prepared for it. That's the best advice I could give, right? Working at a larger carrier or a large brokerage is very different than working at an insurance So think about going from something very structured to mm. something that's not structured at all. Mm. And so some people do really well in that environment and would thrive. But you have to know yourself, and some people would not do very well, especially if you're a senior executive and you've been in the insurance space for many, many years. It may actually be very difficult to make that switch and change because it is a different profile of an individual that's going to really set the world on fire inside of an insure tech versus the executive at a carrier or a large insurance brokerage.
2: The only other comment I would add is is that the experience from this generation of senior insurance executives is tremendously valuable mm-hmm. to the insure tech community. And so we, we do see it more often than not, chief underwriting officers, chief marketing officers, heads of finance, actuarial, and other departments from industry moving into insure tech and taking on that risk, taking that venture. I think the experience is super valuable, an extreme asset to the insure techs, but I think the challenge that I see more often than not is that not all insurance technology firms will be successful. Just like any any startup community, there will be unicorns and there will be busts. And I think finding a a solid team of founders that understand the insurance industry, researching a little bit into the investors that are backing that venture, making sure they understand the long play that it Mm -hmm. is in the insurance industry, I think is really critical. If you put insurance technology into the same bucket as other tech startups where we're going to make a big bang in the next 24 to 36 months. It's not the right investment philosophy. And I think that pressure is not going to sustain a viable business model and insurance. Penetrating into this industry is difficult and it requires patience and it requires really strong strategic partnerships, whether it's in the distribution side, on the broker side, or within the carriers. It requires those strong relationships to be successful. And that takes time to build. And the trust Mm -hmm. takes time to build.
0: And let's be honest with each other, right? I mean, Insurance right now is not setting the world on fire. So if you're going to an insure tech, and I just want to reiterate what David said, because it's really important, right? If you're going to an insure tech to say, I'm going to be like the next Google, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, it's the long game. It's not the short game. The disruption in the insurance space takes time. When I think about, Nick, when I was living in Europe, I think that was 2010, okay, and that's when the insurance companies started doing large transformational type work. 2010, here we are today at 2022, and I still have organizations doing large transformational projects, right? The same way that they were doing it in 2010. So it just tells you when you look at the impact an insure tech is going to have in which space, it is the long game. It is not the short game.
1: Absolutely. Fantastic advice. Thank you both for that. If we now Focus more on the those traditional carriers, those large brokerages, I and mean, the insurance executives there. What do you see as the biggest challenges ahead for the insurance executives at this moment? Now, how should they really be adapting in order to be successful during these times?
0: So, I think it's talent. Talent is going to be their biggest hurdle that they're going to have to climb.
1: Mm. One
0: is attracting top talent, retaining top talent, and in order to do both of those things, attract and retain. You have to do things differently. So I think, you know, if, if I were to sit down with all the top executives at these larger carriers and brokerages, I would say, are you doing the same thing you were doing five years ago? And if the answer to that is yes, you need to change. Because if you want to be innovative and if you want to be the place that all the top talent wants to come to, you've got to do things differently.
1: Yeah, and you're competing with a different market now. It's not just Correct. against the other insurance businesses or financial services businesses. It yep. is the Googles. It is the Facebooks of this world. Yes. It is the Amazons.
0: Yes. And if you think about it, Nick, right? A lot of insurance carriers will tell you they're not insurance companies anymore. They're data company. Mm. And so if you're really going to be a data company, you have to figure out what to do with that data and then mm. how to transform your business in order to enable the data to make you first in class, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if we do look at the InsurTech space, if they're InsurTech founders, I'm sure there'll be plenty of InsurTech founders listening today. Looking to scale, looking to scale quickly over the twelve months. What what would you say is the infrastructure or those foundations that need to be in place in order to accelerate that growth and have successful growth?
2: I think from my perspective is that I've I've seen some very successful insurance startup companies uh, through our plug and play relationship at RSM work really well when they focus narrow and they go mm. deep into certain relationships that they have. So if, if you can focus on a very substantial problem to the insurance industry fix that solution with technology, bring that to a couple trusted partners, prove out that use case, you can accelerate adoption very broadly. Also, the other thing is when you think about developing technology in the insurance space, modularity of the solution is really important. The ability to plug and play literally into other platforms that the insurance industry is using is critical. You know, forcing forcing carriers to adopt your own proprietary SaaS solution or platform or product is a very difficult journey to go down until you achieve scale. Getting that first partner is always hard, but even getting the second or third is hard if you're forcing their your own platform onto, onto carriers. To the extent that you can be flexible and plug into their existing IT and, and technology infrastructure, the faster you can scale. Yeah. So so look for that that level of flexibility.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic advice. Thank you, David. We've almost reached the end of our time together in the insurance coffee house today. Time has certainly flown by. Before we go though, do you both have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And should anyone like to reach out to you after the show, what would be the best way of getting in contact?
0: Yeah. You know, so I'll start with my one piece of advice is, and I'm going to feel like I'm on a record here that hitting repeat, but it's just to do something different. It's to take a chance. I really think one of the things that makes serving the insurance industry amazing and exciting is that there's so much change to be had. And so if somebody's in a position to be able to try something and do something different, I think it's going to bode well for the industry as a whole, but also. Don't be afraid to fail. And I think sometimes when we get in our senior leadership roles, we're afraid to fail. And I think failure is, you know, a a way to actually be successful because you learn from your failures. So again, do something different. Don't be afraid to fail and try again. (laughs) Those will be my three, (laughs) I think. And then if you would like to reach out to me, happy to talk to anybody. The best way to reach out to me is via my either LinkedIn or via my RSM email address.
2: Thank you, Chanel. David? Yeah, you touched on it a bit, Chanel, but I would say uh, my one piece of advice is get comfortable with being uncomfortable in the insurance industry over the next little while. The pace of change has has accelerated to a degree that, that we've never experienced in the insurance industry. And it's not just the digital transformation that's ongoing at carriers today. You touched on it a little bit, Nick. Consumer expectations, are changing at paces that we can't comprehend. I mean, I I personally can't remember the last time I bought certain products off of Amazon or off of a platform like that. And and to the extent that big tech disruptors come in and disrupt financial services and insurance distribution, legacy carriers, brokerage networks, and other aspects that don't plug and play or integrate well into those new platforms or don't have their own technology strategy that enables that distribution seamlessly of insurance are going to be left behind especially with this new generation coming up. Millennials and Gen Z make up most of the workforce today and make up most of the insurance population that has assets to protect in the short term. And right now, it's it's very, very difficult to see how how are they answering the bell? How is insurance truly answering the bell to serve this new upcoming generation of that is going to concentrate most of the wealth going forward?
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you both for that great advice. And we'll be sure to share your contact details directly on the show notes so any listeners can just click straight through ping you an email or drop you a DM on on LinkedIn. So thank you for that. Guys, we we have reached the end of our time together today. It's been fantastic to have you both join us on the show. Chanel, David, uh, really, really appreciate your time. And we hope to have you back again in the future.
0: Would love to be here. Thank you, Nick, for having us.
1: Thank you, Nick. Absolute pleasure. And to all the InsurTech leaders and to all the insurance executives listening, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for joining us today. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of valuable learnings, insights and inspiration from Chanel and David today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or I'd like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Hodley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House Global Insure Tech Series. Take care.
0: You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hodley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.